Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. Are you familiar with the story of John and Betty Stam, graduates of Moody Bible Institute who ended up going to China? Well, Vance Christie, who is a wonderful biographer, he uh, wrote about it and gives you so many of the details, it's almost like you were there. Yep. Okay, so I have to pick a scripture to kind of put as a banner headline Mm -hmm. over the story. John chapter 12, verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I guess the obvious question here is, who were John and Betty Stamm, and and what was significant about their life of service to Christ? John and Betty were a young American missionary couple who served Christ in China. They were actually martyred there by communist rebels in 1934. I don't think that they expected to be martyred, but when they went to the mission field, China was a very tumultuous place in their day, so they knew that that was a possibility, but they were willing to serve Christ um, in life and even if um, need be, by their death. And um, what is so incredibly significant about them um, beyond the ultimate sacrifice that they made of laying down their own lives in the service of Jesus is that beginning in their own day and continuing down to the present time, nearly 90 years after their death, Christians have been inspired and encouraged in their own service of the Lord through the Stam's example. Well, well, how did uh, Betty and John come to a saving faith uh, in Jesus? They came from Christian homes. Yes. Betty was raised by missionaries serving in China. She was um, raised in China. And her own testimony is that from her earliest age, um, she only remembered believing in Jesus as her Savior. So, she actually didn't remember the specific time where she came to saving faith in Christ, but apparently it was just extremely early in her life. And then um, she does acknowledge that for a number of years, um, there were some spiritual struggles in her life, and it was a period of years before she fully surrendered herself to serving Christ as her Lord as well. John's testimony was a little different. His um, parents ran a gospel mission in Patterson, New Jersey, which was about 20 miles um, from New York City. And John, growing up in that gospel mission environment, saw um, drunkards and morally bankrupt people coming to Christ and having their lives transformed. And he thought to himself, well, I'm not like them. Um, I'm a good moral person. I'm growing up in a Christian home. So, he assumed that he was a born-again Christian. But then about age 15, the Lord got hold of his heart and 
um, brought conviction to him about his own self-righteousness and spiritual pride. And um, that was the point in John's life where he realized his own need for a Savior, and he received Jesus Christ as his Savior personally. Well, Moody Bible Institute plays a big role uh, in the lives of Betty and John. That is actually where they met. Yes. Um, When Betty went to Moody Bible Institute, and I might mention she received a bachelor's degree from Wilson College in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, before she went to Moody, but then at Moody, um, she entered the school desiring to um, return to China and serve the Lord there, but she questioned her own motives because she feared that she was, um, that her main desire was to um, return and be close to her parents who were still serving in China. She was used to China as the homeland where she had grown up. So for a time, she considered um, serving among lepers in Africa, but Over time, the Lord assured her heart and guided her steps um, that his leading for her was to to return to China and serve as a missionary there. And the Lord used that process to deepen her commitment to serve him, to serve the Lord um, wherever and however he would have her to. And then John... um, As you mentioned, he and Betty met at a prayer meeting of the China Inland Mission that was held every Monday evening there at Moody Bible Institute. And John went to Moody with a willingness to consider foreign missionary work, and over time that became more of a conviction that that was how God was directing him. But John was a little surprised by the response of his parents because they seemed very cool to the idea of his um, going to China as a missionary. And what was up that John was not aware of is that his dad, Peter Stam, who ran the the mission, the gospel mission back in Patterson, Um, He desired John to finish his education, get his Bible training, and then come back to take over the directorship of the Star of Hope mission. So John just continued to pray, and over time, his parents gradually came to the point that they were fully supportive of him following the Lord's specific leading on his life, on John's life, and um, we're supportive of his going to China. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Vance, what about, um, I think this is a really interesting part of the story, and there's so much we could get into uh, with this couple, but How did John and Betty prioritize their call to serve Jesus as missionaries in China, even in their decisions 
about marriage, the, the way they came about. Okay, I, this is so like um, kind of counter to the way we view things here today. Walk us through that. Betty was one year older than John, so his second year, or her second year at Moody was his first year at Moody. And um, as we already stated, they met at a prayer meeting, and in addition to have a growing conviction that God was leading them to serve in China, they had a growing friendship that blossomed into a romantic attraction to each other. But it was by no means certain that the Lord would end up um, guiding um, both of them to be accepted by the China Inland Mission to serve in Inland China. And as far as they were concerned, faithfully following God's guidance where wherever and whenever that would be trumped their personal interest and desires, including their own courtship and marriage. So, when Betty graduated from Moody Bible Institute at age 25 in 1931, um, she went to a China Inland Mission candidate training school and left for China that fall. John still had his senior year to complete at Moody Bible Institute, and it remained to be seen if he would be accepted to serve with the China Inland Mission. So, they parted ways that fall of 1931 without John proposing marriage to Betty, although that's what he desired to do, mm -hmm. because they had to wait and see how the Lord, if the Lord was going to lead them both to serve in inland China. And John wrote his parents at that time, and he said of the decision that they were making, Betty and I have prayed much about this. Our hearts are set to do God's will. But this is true, isn't it? Our wishes, our wishes, must not come first. The progress of the Lord's work is the chief consideration. So, John finished his senior year at Moody, and during that time, he was accepted to serve with the China Inland Mission. So, it wasn't until um, the fall of 1932 when he sailed for China, that he wrote Betty um, proposing marriage to her, and um, they, they were married a year after his um, arrival there in China. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. What are John's private journals, which you have perused, what do they reveal about his, his personal devotional habits and uh, maybe the part that they played in strengthening his ministry. Yes, we're privileged that John did keep personal spiritual diaries throughout his life, and um, we're privileged to have a, a view into his inner spiritual life. Those diaries reveal that when he first came to Moody Bible Institute, he jumped into so many evening prayer meetings and um, Christian fellowship meetings 
that he found that he was having difficulty getting up first thing in the morning to have some time with the Lord. So, he reprioritized matters and made it a point to get up at 5 a.m. daily um, to, to have time to spend with the Lord, which meant that he needed to curtail some of his evening activities, even those even though those were good Christian fellowship opportunities, but um, he needed to get to bed in time um, to get rested and be ready to get up and and um, start the day with the Lord the next day. I find his example in that regard um, rather convicting, but also inspiring of a young man who had some great priorities that way. Yeah. And then when he went um, to China, his first six months there were spent at a language school, and um, he he absolutely fought to maintain time to um, keep meeting with the Lord. I mean, here he was spending hours a day trying to learn the challenging Chinese language, but he still made a point to... Um, carve out that he actually was seeking to spend about an hour and a half a day with the Lord in private prayer and um, scripture study. Hmm. And one of his fellow students um, wrote this about him. More than one testified of John's deep spirituality, but one of the testimonies from his fellow students um, was this. John was the backbone, humanly speaking, of the spiritual life at Ann King that winter. That was where the, the language training was going on. He seemed to know Christ more intimately, more practically than the rest of us. When I was discouraged, he helped me to find the joy of the Lord. John's spirituality was radiant and contagious. He seemed to be always in touch with the source of power, even our Lord himself. And one of his fellow missionaries, a man named George Birch, um, testified about John that, that it was a, a blessing to spend time with him. George Birch wrote, John's mind was a mine of wealth in the knowledge of God. He truly was mighty in the scriptures, full of zeal to make Christ known, and full of love to the lost souls around him. And I think that's a remarkable testimony of a, a young man who was in his mid-twenties to, to mm -hmm. have it said of him Yes. That his mind and heart were just full of the things of the Lord. Let's talk about John and Betty Stam and their their deaths and what happened with this. Just walk us through it. John and Betty were married in October of 1933, and they were able to serve the Lord as a married couple for just one year in China. During that year, um, in September of the following year, um, their daughter, Helen Priscilla, was born. So, the Lord blessed them with a baby daughter. And then, just 10 weeks after 
um, Helen's birth, they moved to a small town called Singte in the southern extreme of Anhui province, one of the inland provinces. A couple months before they moved there, communist soldiers had come to another town within 30 miles of Singte. Um, that town was in a different province. But then 10,000 government troops came into the area and drove the communist um, soldiers away. So John and Betty were assured that things were stable and um, the district magistrate would offer them protection at Singte and um, they could safely move there as a family. They were um, taking over the leadership of a new um, mission station there. Less than two weeks after their arrival there, however, um, 2,000 communist soldiers suddenly appeared one morning and um, quickly entered the town of Tsingte. They killed um, a number of town leaders, including the district magistrate. They looted the town. They took about 20 hostages, including the stamps. And um, the, the night that they were, well, actually, I, I realize I can't go into too much detail. Two days after John and Betty were taken as hostages, they were then executed by these communist soldiers as um, foreigners who were bringing their, their um, what the communists considered um, false and, and um, hurtful beliefs into China. So that was why they were killed. As I said at the beginning, I don't think that um, John and Betty went to China thinking that they would be martyred, but they realized that was, an that that was a possibility. Mm -hmm. And those were the circumstances that um, ended up overtaking them. But the Lord, the wonderful thing is, the Lord took their tragic deaths and turned it to great good. There were a number of memorial services that were held in China and different places in the U.S. One of those memorial services for John and Betty was at Moody Bible Institute. And um, in the course of that service, 700 Moody Bible, Institute, Moody Bible Institute students stood to their feet to signify their willingness to consecrate their lives to missionary service wherever the Lord might lead them. Well, you know what and I'm thinking of, Vance? You know, I'm thinking of John 12, 24. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, mm. unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Mm. What a great, excellent scriptural tie-in there. Nearby at Wheaton College, there were another 200 students who similarly stood in the course of, of John and Betty's memorial service to dedicate their selves to Christ's service. Um, 
the news of John and Betty's um, Christian testimony and the ultimate sacrifice of their very lives in serving Christ was published in newspapers around the world. So, the the um, unbelieving world, the non-Christian um, world even, on a large scale, um, heard of their service their service and even their deaths in serving Christ. Mm-hmm. And then also, as mentioned at the beginning, um, since the time of their death down to our own day, um, Christians have continued to be inspired and challenged by the willing sacrificial service of John and Betty Stam um, to serve Christ with similar devotion, um, counting the cost in doing so, and willing to serve Him sacrificially even when called to do so. Spoiler alert, what happened to their daughter? Oh, yes, great story. I'm glad you mentioned that. (laughs) We've We've got like a minute and a half, a little less than that. Go for it. Yes. When they were led away to their execution, Helen Priscilla was left deserted in, um, in a house. And about 24 or 36 hours later, a Chinese evangelist learned of her whereabouts, um, went and found her upset but still healthy, <laughs> and took her to um, John and Betty's missionary colleagues about 80 miles away. And um, she became known as the Miracle Baby um, due to the Lord's wondrous deliverance of her. Okay, so uh, we did a flyover. Trust me, the book is uh, is such a warm and uh, easy read, yet it's challenging like all of uh, Vance's books. Just, just great stuff. He's a great writer. Until we meet again, Vance, many blessings to you and your family. Well, Kurt and Kate, thank you so much for the opportunity to share... Um, and and visit with you again this morning. I always appreciate these opportunities and God's great blessings on your vital ministries. Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.